Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Thursday, August 17th. I am joined by Field Jates, Mike Clay. My name is Daniel Dopp. Thank you for hanging out with us. Field, I got one thing I want to lead off with. Okay. I feel like we got one rule on this podcast. Which is? You and I. There's yeah. one thing that we talk about. Okay. It's fantasy football is fun. It it's is for fun. everybody. Yes. We want everyone to be included. Totally. And we don't antagonize the players. And then Mike Clay, Ooh, Mike uh, Clay decided, well, I'll tell you what, Mike, why don't you go ahead and give your opinion of what happened last wait, night? Let's, let's make this almost like we're in court for a second. And Mike, you make your case and then we'll rebuttal. We'll be the other side. Okay. So what happened was I did an NFL piece. Okay. It's not a fantasy article. Okay. And, I ranked all the units in the NFL from 1 to 32 for each team. So running back is one of the hardest because every team is pretty happy with the running back situation. There's a reason guys like Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, the list goes on and on are, are essentially 1B running backs, right? Everybody's pretty strong. Sure. So when you get toward the bottom, you're like, there's some like good pedigree guys here, or like some yeah. decent units. And I ended up 32nd in my rankings was a unit without much depth with okay. a young, unproven players to lead back the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shot White, James wow. Edmonds, mm-hmm. undrafted Sean Tucker's Sean Tucker. probably going to yeah. make it. Keyshawn Can Vaughn I guess what's gonna... next? Let me what? guess. Let me guess. You had like one disgruntled Bucks fan. Yeah. Say yes. something <laughs> sort Actually, of yes. mean. You know, just, just one. It was <laughs> just <laughs> one Bucks fan who it said something to the effect like, you know, Mike, I really respect your work. I think really highly of you on the fantasy focus. I wish you felt better about my team's running back depth, but I sort of understand where you're cutting. Okay, from. so that, I mean, that would have been a nice comment that on social media, and the comment I got was actually kind of nice like that, too. It, uh, but the person it came from, the Buccaneers fan that I got it from was Rashad White. What? Lead back for the Buccaneers. Feel! <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what we said. We always say don't antagonize players. Mike is I literally before to. the fantasy season antagonizing one of the running backs that we really like this year. Yeah, that's the funny part about it. From a fantasy <laughs> perspective, I love the guy. You right? love Rashad like White. One of my favorite breakout players of the season. Uh, but serious, he... Did you he, respond? He, he basically said it's a chip on his shoulder, right? Okay. And he, it, was a, it was a nice note. Um, and he said, you know, thanks for the ammunition sort of thing. I'll love that kind of thing. And I did reply. I said, I really like him in fantasy. I'm a big fan. I hope he, you know, it's, I explained my situation a little bit. And, he, you know, he responded again. It was very nice about it. So wow. I'm rooting for him. You know, he seems like a good guy. Sometimes players, you see notes, they jump into people's DMs and say some nasty stuff. It wasn't like that at all. So that's Rashad good. White fan. And it was, uh, but yeah, he was not, he was not too happy about that. But here's the thing. If he breaks out this year. Yeah. But that's all you're welcome. That's, that's all you're welcome, Bucks right. fans. This like. is what I tell this all the time, and I deal with it less from players, but often, not oftentimes, but occasionally I'll get a note from an agent who will be mad about something mm-hmm. that we said, right? Like you have my quarterback ranked too low, or you were too, you know, that play that you saw you thought was something was actually a different thing, and it wasn't my guy's fault. And I tell them all the time, do you know who gets absolutely zero flack on social media? The really good players. Yes. Right. That's how it works. Like, you know, occasionally we'll have some fantasy frustrations if they only have, you know, 85 yards and a touchdown. But if Rashad White balls out this season, he can laugh at your comments from whatever it was, August 10th. Like, let your play do the talking. Right. I'm here to tell you that zero DMs in the history of DMs have actually improved a player's ability. Here's I mean, what I want to know. I will de- I'll, I'll be the judge of that depending on how his season goes, right? But okay, so you think it's going to be because of the, the DM. Yeah, right. it's all that. After I mean, you he has did a this, chip on his shoulder now. So. After you did this back and forth, did you check to make sure that he was still following you or has he blocked you <laughs> since he did the back and forth? <laughs> Is this like I've, a Derek Carr situation? Maybe. I have to have confirm you, that. Uh, yeah, have I mean, you been did, blocked by anybody else or no? Uh, I don't think so. Just uh, uh, just Derek Carr, I think. Okay. Yeah, just I think Derek that's Carr. The only one. Derek but uh, naturally, I you know I had White like 17th in my rankings. Pretty high. One of the highest, I think, in our rankers. So he's seventh now. I moved him way up. Seven, you know, seventh. Way, way up. Okay. <laughs> so, so Mike, I'm, I'm imagining your new first, like your first two rounds in any mock draft that you do. Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson. as high as possible. Yes. Yes. And then Rashad White in the second round. Yes. Confirmed? Garrett Wilson in the first round, White second round. That's I love that. Stone, you'll actually do that. Yeah, That's by the way, so Dan Graziano did want uh, Garrett Wilson in that draft. Wow. He, wow. he confirmed he, it, I'm, huh? Yeah, I have, I have sources. You have them sauces. I have sources. You have the sauces. If you watch that draft, he just tried to deny it. And I called him, called him out. If you want to watch that draft, you can my sources. head on to YouTube right now. The entire mock draft from the Fantasy Marathon is available on is ESPN's YouTube. So it go check so it out fun. there. Yeah. It, Wait, it is a ton of fun. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's uh, YouTube.com slash ESPN NFL. We're trying to get to 200,000 subscribers yes. on that page soon. Mm-hmm. We've made a, a good dent in that goal uh, recently. 
We also want you to know we have not forgotten about you at all, our podcast listeners. Please make sure that you continue to not just download and subscribe That's on right. Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. But I know that you probably hear this a lot on podcasts you listen to. Um, a review on either of those platforms goes a long way. Yep. And I have an idea. I want to see, hopefully like many of these, but if you do listen on to the podcast, um, I would like to see uh, people go to whatever uh, podcast app they use. Sure. Go to the part where you rate and review the podcast. If you'd be so kind, five-star review, and all I want you to do is below that, you don't have to say anything nice about us. Just say your favorite thing about Rashad White as a player. Perfect. <laughs> That's it. All right? So, That's hey, all we need. Rashad White... <laughs> Had that awesome stiff arm and caught a ton of passes last year. Loved him at Arizona State. I think he's due for a breakout this season. Anything that has to do with Rashad White counts. That's why we really just want yep. the five-star review. So if we can get like a bunch of those today, um, I will go check after the fact. And I'm asking, I'm only asking for a little bit from you, my friends. So please be sure to do so. And like five years, you're going to run into some people and they're going to be like, yeah, I, I, you're, you do that podcast, right? That Buccaneers podcast. That Rashad White <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like I was gonna, I was gonna listen, but then I read the reviews and it was all Buccaneers stuff. And I'm a Falcons fan, so, I, didn't even, so I never funny. listened to it. Yeah. Oh man. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get to on the show today. We got some news that came down yesterday. We will talk about, and we are covering the NFC North as we go through the next part of our division tours. But we're going to start with Jonathan Taylor, who has been excused from practice for a personal matter. Uh, as you know, with the saga going on with him, he was away from practice, rehabbing, ended up coming back to practice for yep. just a short amount of time, and then is now left again with an excused personal absence. Not sure what that is, just hoping that everything is safe and good for Jonathan Taylor. Yep, sending mm -hmm. good vibes here to Jonathan Taylor, who has not practiced yet, but did return to the team facility. So he remains on the PUP list. Um, hopefully everything is okay, and we do see Jonathan Taylor and the Colts mend the fences sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Yep. We also saw yesterday, unfortunately, Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks. He sustained a sprained LCL. This coming from... Our buddy, Teron Davenport, just want to read this for you. Burks got open in the secondary, caught a deep pass from Ryan Tannehill during the team period. After making the catch, Burks' forward momentum caused him to stumble forward, losing his balance, some resulting in the end zone. And then the trainers, after that, helped him off the field, ended up being carted off the field. Traylon Burks is a guy that we were kind of excited about a potential second year here in this offense. And then DeAndre Hopkins ended up signing here, kind of squishing a little bit of his value. Regardless, Hope that Traylon Burks is going to be okay. Would love to see him out here because I think the second year could be a really good jump for him if he could get some time on the other side of DeAndre Hopkins, having a superstar like that on the other side of the team. Yeah, and the latest is LCL spraining, probably going to cost him a few weeks. A couple right? weeks. So, yeah. uh, We're 21 not, days away from football yeah, right now. Yeah, so maybe so. move him down a few spots, yeah. maybe slightly less likely to draft him. But even if he misses one game, right. you know, he's been working out. He should be good to go for the season. And I'm with you. I mean, he's a... Kind of a little bit unheralded breakout player since Hopkins signed, but he, he showed some promise. He, he did have a solid month last season, showed some of the skills that we saw at Arkansas. Obviously a very run-heavy offense, and yeah. DeAndre Hopkins probably going to lead them in targets, but probably. Probably. But maybe not a guarantee. Not for sure. Yeah. 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 Not a guarantee. He's a mid-first-round pick. All right, and we had one other guy, unfortunately. Russell Gage went down with injury. He's been having a hard time since Tampa Bay, being able to stay healthy. Had a knee injury in joint practices with the Jets. Obviously wishing him the best because he will be out for the rest of the season. And behind him, there's not really anyone other than Trey Palmer, maybe as a yeah. rookie. David that you Moore. Wow. David I love Moore. it. I love yeah. it. They have, um, uh, yeah, they, they may address that. A waiver claim, free agent, something like that. They'll probably have competition for that three job. I would think. We're having a hard enough time convincing ourselves <laughs> to draft Mike, Mike, Mike Evans. Evans and Chris yeah. Allen high enough that I, I, I'm, I'm bummed as heck for Russell Gage. But yeah. I don't think you need to be considering a third Bucks wide receiver on your fantasy well, radar right some now. Some people are in 24 team leagues. I mean, you never know. Uh, yeah. Keep an eye out. Wow. Yeah. You have 23 friends. Oh, wow. Field. No, I didn't mean like that. I meant Field. like you, you can get 23 other people to. Sorry. It's got an edge on me this <laughs> week. Um, you can find 23 other people to do a draft at the same time. Or you just slow draft. That would be a really slow draft. That slow draft starting day. in March. <laughs> we do, uh, we do we're in round seven. Stages or something. Yeah. Two rounds at a time. You know what I've realized? Slow drafts are not the worst, but they're the worst when you're only doing one at a time. One slow draft at a time where mm. it's like eight hours per pick. It just takes forever. I need like five slow drafts at once in order to make it feel like I'm still Are doing something. Are you confused something. who's on each team? You need to be I, very organized. I Yeah, that's okay, though. Right. Are you not an organized kind of guy? I'm the no. stats guy here, so I figured I'm the that's organized right. you, one. You've taken over. You're the yeah, stats that's guy. That's true. Now. 
All right, let's dive into the NFC North here. I wonder where we're going to Oh, the Detroit Lions. Let's start with the Detroit Lions, guys. So to be clear, we are going to we're going to go by um likeliest chance to win the Super Bowl this season. So obviously starting That's with right. the Lions. Yes. That's right. The only team in this division with a positive point differential last year plus 26. Here's the question. Last year the Detroit Lions running back group led the entire NFL in fantasy points per game from the running backs. Mm. Now Jamal Williams, obviously we know what he did at the goal line last year is in New Orleans field. We know that DeAndre Swift is in Philly, replaced by both David Montgomery and that explosive number 12 overall pick in Jameer Gibbs. How are you breaking down the Lions' backfield knowing that the offensive line is still going to come back and be dominant, and these guys could be amazing this year? Let me say some really nice things about Jameer Gibbs and then take the ADP to task right now. Not for Jameer wow. Gibbs, but for the other back in this backfield. Oh, I think I like memory. it. I like this. I love Jameer Gibbs. He had the fourth most receiving yards amongst all running backs in all of college football last season. The guy is a superstar. The comparisons to Alvin Kamara are not hyperbole. Like They are legitimate. He was one of the best run after catch players in the entire draft last year. He is absolutely dynamic with the football in his hands. Mm-hmm. And this Lions team is going to have to throw the football a bunch to him because we'll talk about the receivers in just a minute. It is not exactly a deep and talented group beyond Amon Ross St. Brown until Jamison Williams returns. Yep. Moreover, they don't have a dominant pass catching tight end. Like if you just go through the targets on this Lions offense, I think there is a very legitimate case that Jameer Gibbs is the second most effective pass catcher the minute the season begins, three weeks from tonight, behind Amon Ross St. Brown. When you use the 12th overall pick on a player, I expect him to be heavily involved right away. Love me some Jameer Gibbs this year, one of the breakout players in all of fantasy football, despite being a rookie. Any disagree with that so far, Mike? Nope, I'm with you 100%. 14th okay. in my ranks. The only knock really is he's a little on the small side, which means maybe he's not a 250 carry guy. In 2023, that doesn't matter. Yeah, but right? what you if he's an 80 catch guy, right? That's what you're it's looking 100%, for. 100. You want yeah. an eight, you want an Alvin Kamara start to his career, yep. which Kamara was 81, 81, 81, yeah. and then 83 catches mm-hmm. in his first four seasons. David Montgomery, fan of the player, I think he's going to be the best bet to, of course, lead the team in carries. I think obviously he's going to be the best bet to lead the team in goal to go rushes, which, as we know, last year they leaned very heavily on Jamal Williams, and he's a capable pass catcher, right? He's not a zero in the passing game, although he should be much less involved than Jameer Gibbs in the passing game. Any disagreement so far? I've got him as nope. like a mid, you know, like a, a strong, maybe strong flex consideration to maybe somewhere between like RB. Let me see my best. I'm, I'm 29th, so I think we're probably you okay. are too low. I'm 24th. Yeah, okay, then so all right, so then 24. Mike might be more in line with the uh, the ADP. Then I think this so. is the question though, because right now and again, ADP data is so subject to change, especially when we are still three weeks away from the start of the season. But they're going like five and a half rounds apart. You think that's okay, Mike? I think it's totally fine. Okay. I, th- I think there's a reason you take a running back in the first round, and it's to be the lead guy. And and that could mean that there's a slight edge in terms of carries to Montgomery, but Gibbs is going to get the rock. And I think he'll get work near the goal line occasionally as well. Remember, DeAndre Swift has seven or more touchdowns every season of yeah. his career. Like he was scoring touchdowns as well. Uh, Montgomery, I'm also worried a little bit about his passing game work because last year, Jamal Williams, if he didn't score a touchdown, he was a bad fantasy option last year. He Zero wasn't even, he led the NFL in touchdowns yeah. and was not a top 12 scoring fantasy running Isn't back. Isn't that more of a Jamal Williams thing though, than a David Montgomery? Thing? No, Jamal David Williams was a good pass catching back in green Bay. And then Detroit turned him into a, a zero in the passing right, game. But that was the role he played, right? Right. That, yeah. So you're saying the same, same thing, thing could happen Montgomery. with David I think Montgomery. his targets will be down and, the, and that's going to limit his upside. Okay. Yeah. So that's I, fair. Yeah. I just think once you get into the twenties, they're just, they're starting options. There's yeah. just better mm-hmm. options and guys that are going to catch more passes. Okay. You, Not, you, have, you have made me it. feel uh, less uh, concerned about this large gap in ADP. The only thing that I would take you to task on is you said, when you draft a guy in the first round at running back, he is there to be the guy this came like a month after they gave David Montgomery six million bucks a year. Yep. So, like, I do think this team is more intent on this being close to a 50-50 split in terms of snaps and potential opportunities than it would be for a team that uses a first-round pick on a running back like the Atlanta Falcons with B. Sean Robinson. Yeah. yeah, they're both going to be busy. There's no doubt about it. But, again, I mean, Williams, like, his touchdown production was unsustainable yeah. right at the absolute 100th percentile elite out, output you can't count on that for david montgomery so if you knock the touchdowns say 60 to 70 percent of those touchdowns 
and again, Williams was not even an RB one. Right. You take some of that away from Montgomery, then he's like a fringe top twenty guy. That's where you have him ranked. I'm a little lower. Yeah. Because I don't see as much of an upside. But there well, is this is this is the difference though, right? Value. This is where we have to set. We all agree on this part. Like in fantasy football, at least in most leagues, they do not award points for finishing like fourth or fifth place. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yep. They award points or they award something. I don't. Know, it depends on what league. Uh, it depends on what your league decides to award the winner. Hopefully, a belt from Trophy Smack. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um. You get points to win. You get a, a, a trophy, a belt for winning, right? Jameer Gibbs is the guy that's got league-winning upside. Right. Right? It's not David Montgomery, who I like a lot as a player, but, like, so many things would have to go right for him to have, like, even a top 15 running back season. Whereas with Jameer Gibbs, like, if he plays the role that we all are hoping and envisioning for the Detroit Lions, then he could legitimately be a top 15 running back with, like, I'm not sure about a median outcome, but... It's like that would be a lot less surprising to me than David Montgomery. Play to win the yeah. game. You play to win the game. So this is my question for you, Field. Yeah. I have no problem. I have David Montgomery as my running back 24. He's okay. actually one of my probably like the the end of my I want to leave the draft with this guy as my RB2. Are you okay having RB2. David Montgomery as your RB2 if you leave a draft or is he a flex play for you? I uh, probably I mean it's okay leaving the draft with him as my RB2. I just expect that uh, my wide receivers slash Travis Kelsey are going to have to carry the team. It's a hero yeah. or anchor RB build if you go that route. Totally but you fine. might yeah. get 29. Like you don't see him that way. Lower. No, a little bit lower. Uh, I will say this though. He I did my insurance running backs rankings. I had him number one. Yeah. Right. If something happens to either of these guys, the yeah. other guy gets a big boost. So there is some appeal there in terms. You know, if we're talking league winning output. he's gonna play yeah. enough though that like there are running backs that i'm not sure if they're gonna play at all that might get drafted as as like fringe like rb3 options and you're like like dave montgomery will have a role week in and week out so it's a low upside rb2 if you leave him uh leave your draft with him mm-hmm. it's still doable though like if you just crush it at wide receiver and tight end it is doable i would much rather have, i'm just thinking right now about the running backs that are around him like i'd much rather have david montgomery than a guy like cam Akers. I think being in this offense, being in that Cam Akers in that Rams offense and the idea that this offensive line is going to keep being what it was. It should be another another top 10 season for the Detroit Lions. David Montgomery, you talked about how the Detroit Lions might not have a ton of pass catchers outside of Amon Ra or St. Brown to start the season. If they're going to lean on Jameer Gibbs, I could see them using a two-back set and David Montgomery being out there with them in that same situation. So I like him a little bit more than you do, Mike, based on what this offense was last year. However, there is more than just the running backs here. The question mm-hmm. for me is... Field. We've talked about your tier one of wide receivers, yeah. right? Amon Ross St. Brown has been so good in the first two years of his career. He is right. absolutely a guy that you can leave your draft as with your wide receiver one of your team. But what does this guy need to do to become in your tier one of wide receivers? A little more touch on upside, right? That's, yeah, that's pretty it. much it that's for Amon Ross St. Brown, who in two seasons has 265 targets that have resulted in 196 catches, 273 yards, but just 11 touchdowns, right? Yep. So eight, you eight, eight end zone targets. Hot, so. Yeah, yeah, so it's eight total. Oh, eight total end zone targets. So he's actually wow. scored more touchdowns than he has end zone mm-hmm. targets. So you know, he's a pretty good run after catch player. At least that stat would suggest as much, but He's only averaging 10.6 yards per catch yep. uh, and, you know, 11 touchdowns through two seasons. This is like what? Like this is, I mean, a souped up version of like Jarvis Landry when he was at his apex uh, earlier in his or earlier in his NFL court, which I think will continue at some point. Um, but yeah, love the player. Couldn't think any higher of a Monroe St. Brown. What a find this was in the draft. Oh gosh. Fourth round pick can absolutely be your wide receiver one in an RB heavy lineup. Uh, I just don't think that he has the same upside as somebody like Devonte Adams or even Stefan Diggs who are just ahead of him because those guys are much better bets to haul in, you know, 12, 13, 14 touchdowns. Yeah. I'm with you only 23. So maybe we haven't seen his best work yet in that department. Maybe they start to get him more intermediate and vertical routes and he scores some more touchdowns but you know if but you're what watching was the knock on a monroe coming out of college i thought slow. It was, yeah he was speed slow right yep. um he ran a four five one mm-hmm. which is Good like call. literally like Wasn't that insane. the knock out of cooper cup coming out of college is that he was slow sure um yeah well that, that was part of it and he played on red turf well that's okay eastern that's washington's red turf mm. which is a red flag um so I think on a Monrod, like the fact that he is a four, five, one, six foot receiver probably will continue to lend itself a whole lot better out of the slot than it will like bothering going vertical. Sure. That was the idea of Jamison Williams. That was the idea of DJ Chark a year ago. So I think right. there are other players that will check that box for this Detroit offense. Yeah, but he will in PPR formats. He's going to soak up so Mash many targets. We t- just talked about the tight end situation, the inexperience yep. there. 
Especially the first suspended, yep, uh, like first there's six major weeks. question it's, marks. There. Yeah, he he rules. I love him, Onra. Yeah, Absolutely love him. Do you think that understanding this offense and how good it was last year, having a guy like Amonra St. Brown last year, Mike Clay, Jared Goff was a top twelve quarterback seven different times throughout the season. Is he mm. someone that you could potentially use and wait at the quarterback position? Or is that a little far too far down the quarterback range? He's a tough one. I believe he was one of the names we talked about in our hard to rank yeah. uh, show a while back. I have him 21st and it feels so low, but 21, but that lo- that tier is massive with guys that you don't, you don't want as QB ones. And it's pretty simple. Like last year. Okay. Sixth or better in pass attempts, yards, and touchdowns. Fifth in QBR, right? Yeah. Do you awesome. expect him to play better than that? Probably um, not, right? As a passer, that's probably his ceiling in terms of his. Yeah, that would be chasing the. Yep, that will be chasing like the 100th percentile outcome, right? He was QB 10 in fantasy points, so he's our. With all that, he was barely on the fantasy radar. It's yep. the second best finish of his career. He's never finished better than 10th in points per game. And why? He doesn't run the ball run, yeah. at all. Hasn't yeah. rushed for a touchdown since 2020. He's never cleared 108 rushing yards in a single season. His last rushing touchdown was about nine, 950 days College. ago. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long time. Did so, you do the math on that? He, actually, uh, I have a note here. I think Kyle did the math on it, like when we talked about him in the Hard to Write show. Aww. And I and just, you just saw, added extra days. I'm just, yeah, it was 888 days ago when we did that show. So now it's got to be, it's been, what, two months? Shout out to Thursday, sure. Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Miss you, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. love you, buddy. Uh, but anyway, he doesn't run. That's not going to change. And I feel like that offense was at its ceiling last year. I'm, I think it's going to come. I, what? I'm not like that. I Earmuff. think the offense is coming back to earth Earmuff. a little bit what? this year. What um, do you mean? I really do. Yeah, it, yeah. Feels, it feels disrespectful, to, to your point. Week 12 on, quarterback four. Yep. Week 12 on, quarterback four behind. Only, you guessed it, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, yeah. and Jalen Hurts. That's absurd, and right? We've seen, we've seen that before, though. So, yeah. you know, Blake, Blake Bortles being an example that pops right into my head as a guy that did something very similar, yeah. where he was uh, right down the stretch the second half of the season, had that tear, and then was never relevant again. How dare you compare Jared Goff to Blake Bortles? Dude, they're buddies. Are they? Oh, yeah, shoot. I mean, they, they talked about that on part of my take recently. I mean, Blake's like, everybody loves Blake. Doesn't yeah, surprise I, I me. They that, were teammates, actually. too. I think they were teammates briefly with the Rams. Um, I think Blake signed with the Rams before Jared Goff got traded. But anyways, yeah, um, I'm okay just, with the comparison because yeah, they're just yeah. two I just, dudes. Yeah. Here's what's crazy. When was the Lions play the Kansas City Chiefs? Three weeks from September seventh, opening yeah. the season. Do you know when the last time Jared Goff beat Patrick Mahomes was? Uh, I do. Monday Night Football, Monday back Night in 2018. Football. That's right. Mahomes first season as a mm-hmm. starter. Yeah. So I think the score was 54 51. Is that was. correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Was. But at that Goff time, who was Jared Goff throwing the football to? Uh, With Peak Todd Gurley plus oh, Cooper yeah. Cup and Robert Woods, dominant offensive line, right? Like times they have a change a little bit. Uh, yeah, I know his team's even everybody. better now. Yeah, no, it's a great uh, offensive line, and we we love we just we, we love, love Ben Jamir Johnson, Gibbs, we love him on Ross St. Brown, but different it's, offense. It's just tough. I mean, he goes from the Rams, where like we can't win with him, we have to move on and trade him with picks for Stafford. Then he has a terrible first year efficiency wise wow. with the Lions, and then last year he had a real great year. So who's the real Jared Goff? That's the that's, That's a great a question. You don't know yeah. who he is, so it's not a guy I want to start in fantasy. I realized two things. What was your number? How many days that you guessed his last rushing touchdown? Uh, 950. Oh, for a second, I thought you were saying 955. Oh, um, rats. 980 is the confirmed number. No, there it is. Thank you, Nick, for that. So Thank 980 days, nearly 1,000 days. So Jared Goff will, will go at least 1,000 yes. days right. between rushing touchdowns. Now, that's a great note to begin the season with. All right, let's keep there rolling. Go. Are you going to roll the dice on a JMO lottery ticket field? I'm not because he is going to miss the first six games of the season. He has a hamstring injury that's going to cost him the rest of this preseason. Really like the player, but six weeks of burning a roster spot is just too long when there are so many wide receiver upside plays that you can take late in your draft instead. Yeah, you took him in the in the draft and got roasted by Adam Schefter. I did for fun. I took a lion that I wanted to with the very last pick of the draft. But Adam Um, made a great point. He had a hard time trying to decide if he wanted to do it with DeAndre freaking Hopkins. Jamison Williams is not DeAndre Hopkins, even though they're also going to miss six games. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, because he, you know, Hopkins being the more established player. We don't know for sure if if Jamison's going to, you know, if he's or, or uh, if Jamison's going to pan out. But I will. I just wanted to add this. He's not just suspended six games. You're probably not going to play him his first game back at Baltimore. Then they and play the Raiders no. and then they have a bye. Yeah. So if he's like limited the first week, you're not playing him the second week. Yeah. And then it's the bye. Like. It's no way. Like that's about, over half. Like the week already. ten is yeah. best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that Shefty called Dop out. Uh, I was tagged in a tweet recently that said uh, someone uh, went to Chat GPT and asked for the world's like most famous fantasy football analysts. 
Schefter was like second, according to the chat GPT. <laughs> Do you guys know that? No. Yeah. So, that's amazing. He does move the needle. And it's because he tweets like news and right. that, that affects the fantasy world. Oh, everybody. As, as, as we all know on this podcast, anybody who listens to this show, uh, Adam Schefter is obsessed with fantasy. You know what Schefter's going to do this year? Draft Rashad White. You know why? Because we're a Rashad White podcast. That's right. Yeah, we that's are. why. We are Look, pro Rashad White. Here. I'm on board. All right. Let's move ahead and talk about the I'll Chicago Bears. Who is the number one fantasy analyst, by the way? Daniel? Is that what you're, Daniel's one. Chapters two. Uh, Matthew had the crown. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, right. you know, Matt Barry, the sports ranker, is also really good on fantasy. Uh, so it might have been a spelling error. Like, like, yeah. Who's Matthew? Matt Barry. You got it. <laughs> All right. Chicago Bears. Last year they were three and fourteen. Uh, negative one thirty-seven point differential. They were not good last year, but we did see some incredible things out of Justin Fields. Yeah. Here is my question. Does Justin Fields have QB1 upside? Like that means in the quarterback overall, one overall. One. As in QB1 overall, not on a weekly basis. We know he has QB1 mm-hmm. on a weekly basis upside. Yep. Can he finish as QB1 overall in fantasy football, Fields, Yates? Give me your take. Um, I think there is a chance. I would say it's a very low chance, though, for Justin Fields. Obviously, an incredible athlete had over 1,000 rushing yards last season, the most for any quarterback in the NFL last year. Uh, but he finished dead last in completion percentage amongst qualifying quarterbacks. Now, some of that might be a chicken versus egg thing, mm-hmm. right? Is it different when you're throwing to Equinemius, St. Brown, yeah. and Dante Pettis versus DJ Moore, and hopefully a fully healthy Darnell Mooney and maybe an improved Chase Claypool? Of course it is. And we saw Justin Fields dice up Clemson back in his college days when he had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba. He can chuck the throw the ball. That much is for sure. I just think that because there are quarterbacks that we know, like have an established baseline that's higher, Jalen Hurts, comparable runner, yep. better passer right now. Yep. Josh Allen, comparable runner, better passer right now. Lamar Jackson, better runner and better passer right now. I just plus the Patrick Mahomes of the world like I think it's unlikely he finishes his quarterback one, but Agreed. he absolutely is one of my favorite quarterback targets based off where he's going in drafts right now. I think we have some ammunition, though, to say that he does have that upside because we've seen it already, and it wasn't Jalen just Hurts. for... A, no, uh, well, oh. yeah, a little bit. That's a comp, but we've seen it from Fields. There was an. It wasn't just like a few weeks. It was an eight-game stretch where he was top seven every week and was the number one scoring fantasy quarterback, right? Oh. So we've already seen this for two whole months from Justin Fields last year, and then he was a little beat up and... Uh, finished slow last year but I mean you you clean up some of the issues right the the, he was also sacked more than anyone else in the league last season they made some offensive line improvements 16 fumbles last year you clean that up sure that you you fix the completion percentage with the better targets you keep running the ball a lot they level out they don't run quite as much as they do and suddenly he's in that conversation and again with all that going wrong last year yeah they he was still delivering elite fantasy numbers for two months so i hear all the things that you're saying and i think maybe it's i i think i agree with field because this is not all the things that you say make sense but it is almost not even about justin fields it's about the fact that in order for him to get there he's got to pass jalen hurts josh allen and patrick mahomes and if i think all three of them are going to stay healthy and do the things that they've done is he going to add enough to his game because we already saw what he could do with his legs is he going to add enough in his passing game to pass those guys that's why i think he's a high tier quarterback two and not someone that I think can finish as QB one overall let me ask you this though last year at this time would we have said the same thing about Jalen Hurts though you know what I mean uh, there was a question like can he get to the point where he get past Josh Allen or Patrick the the big difference is Jalen Hurts had AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and I no offense to DJ Moore and those other guys but they're not those pass catchers in that Mm. offense Mm. uh, he Mm. is probably a little more depth but uh, yeah maybe not as that's fair no that's fair I mean put this way he has like the seventh shortest odds or six shortest odds to finish his QB1 he's on the short list it depends on how you want to look at that like Mm-hmm. It's still a long shot, but it's higher than what? 85% of all other NFL quarterbacks. So yeah, yeah he, he could. It's probably, I would not, I would not necessarily bet on it. Although a lot of people are betting on Justin Fields yeah. as to win the NFL MVP this year. His odds are now 25 to one down from 40 to one. And apparently that wow. is the most bet ticket at Caesar Sportsbook right now. People want themselves some Justin Fields. Yeah. Wow. Really fun, yeah. really fun guy to talk about. Here's a question about his new pass catcher, Mike Clay. DJ Moore, I don't think that you can, we should use the word sleeper with where he's being drafted right now coming off the board as wide receiver 23. Uh. But do you think that he is a good value in drafts? Because there's definitely some question marks with the arm talent that is Justin Fields on a full over a full season. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I have him 25th in my rankings. He's been top 25 in four straight seasons. So it's based on what he's done so far. We're ranking him 
at his floor. Yeah. You guys are very close as well. Uh, always had big target shares. I mean, the concern here really is, will there be enough volume in this in Chicago offense. offense last year? 30th in snaps, 31st in wide receiver targets, second run heaviest. We expect that all to balance out a little bit with the improvements, but how much? That's a question. If Fields is running a ton and still scrambling a lot, that's that can knock uh, more down a target or two per game, which is substantial and would knock him down to that flex or wide receiver three conversation. Also, touchdowns have always been a problem for him. Yes. Like historically poor touchdown production. Uh, last year, he had seven. That was his first year over four in his entire career. So great player. I think he'll be busy. I think his target share will be similar to the 24% plus he saw throughout his time in Carolina. But I think he's going to level off as kind of a fringe wide receiver, too, just because of the scheme. Fair. I do think the hate's gone a little bit too far, though, this offseason for DJ Moore. And you know what? I just did something that I hate when people do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The hate for DJ Moore has gone too far. Yeah. No one hates DJ Moore. Let me be clear about that part. So I'm going to throw the flag on myself, right? Like (laughs) nobody hates DJ Moore. I just feel like maybe we haven't talked about DJ Moore enough on this podcast, this off season. And so far during the preseason, because if you go back and I know that you can't just throw away years all the time, but if you want to throw away last year's poop storm of a team of the Carolina Panthers offense, and you look at the three years prior to that DJ Moore, fifth in targets, 10th in catches, fourth in receiving yards. The bugaboo is that he was also 40th in receiving touchdowns, as Mike was just alluding to. So maybe the upside is capped a little bit for DJ Moore relative to some other players that are ahead of him in our rankings. But I do feel like I've grown more and more confident in DJ Moore throughout the preseason, in part because the training camp reports corroborate what I have been hearing myself, which is that he hasn't been a great player for the Bears. He's been the best player for the Bears throughout training camp so far this season, which is not a total surprise, right? He's a high pedigree player who was recently paid a whole lot of money by the Panthers, but I'm just growing more and more excited about DJ Moore going into this season. And I am here to stop the DJ Moore hate that never actually existed. (laughs) Well, thank you. I've, I wonder this though. I mean, part of my question is DJ Moore being with, he kind of makes me think of his rookie season. The only good quarterback he's ever really played with was Cam Newton, his yeah. rookie season, right? And so much of what Cam did that rookie year was he was really good using his legs. And that's what we know from Justin Fields, right? I think that's where it's not the hate, but the question mark comes in. Because if this was a different quarterback that I think we thought had a better passing wow. upside, it would yeah. he would be higher up this list. It just gives me some shades to some it's of that hard. rookie season. I just think it's really hard to compare guys they're in their what sixth year now versus versus the rookie and how about this just to further quantify just how bad the quarterback play was last year dj moore cut 54 percent of his targets last season out of the 130 qualified receivers he was 126th that's right and that i'm telling you that is a quarterback stat much more than it is a DJ Moore. Stat, That's a lot so. like the Garrett Wilson stat. Yes, Very exactly. Situation. So you expect yeah. a little bit of leveling up and we mm-hmm. could be in business here. So stop not hating, hating or also not hating on DJ Moore. Justin Fields was bottom six and off target percentage last sure year. Was. Yep. Just as a, but here's the thing. I will add this. So if you do think like, okay, I think he, you know, he'll be top 15. Then you probably are buying in on fields, yeah. making that leap yeah. into the elite. If he can, if he can support, DJ Moore having a career year, then Fields had a good pass. Also, if he can just throw all of his touchdown passes behind the line of scrimmage and let everybody just run 60 yards for those touchdowns, that's great. Right. Uh, Last thing for the digital video team. If we clip this off, please um, make the headline or when you when you app notification, push it. Field Yates loves DJ Moore. Others dot 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 might dot 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 hate him dot 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 or not. (laughs) That's a good that work? The, the picture, like, It's like a Michael Scott headline for a yeah. newspaper. The thumbnail will be you, and then next will be DJ Moore wearing like a straw man hat. That's yeah, it. That's it. Straw that's man. it. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Yeah, I love that's, I mean, that's pretty much that's all content. the Twitter is now, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anybody else outside of DJ Moore that you want as a pass catcher in this Bears offense? I, you uh, could take Cole Komet is a pass catcher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're going to take a receiver, you could throw a flyer. Darnell Mooney's a good player. Yep. Chase Claypool. I've done that in the 14th, 15th, 16th round. You just want to throw a dart at one of these guys. It's just hard to identify which one it's going to be. They yeah. traded a lot to get Chase Claypool, but they Darnell did. Mooney has been the better player so far. Yep. But that's nothing more than that. Justin Fields is going to be the number one runner on this team. Who is going to be second behind him from the running back position? And is there one of them that you want to roster between either Deontay Foreman or Khalil Herbert. Mike, I want you to go first here. Okay. Uh, so I am coming around to Khalil Herbert. I okay. did. I hedged for a while in the offseason. He seems to be establishing himself as the lead back early in the season. So 
when I say I'm leaning that way, I moved him all the way up to RB30, yeah. right? Okay. So, okay. Uh, look, he's played really well. He was actually fourth in yards per carry last season, good after contact. Not an option in the passing game, which could be a limiting factor. They are going to use other backs here. Also, it worries me that we were watching him. We're like, he looks so good, and they refused. When, when David Montgomery was healthy, he was the guy, and yeah. they refused to go to Khalil Herbert. That raises a little bit of a red flag for me. Deontay Foreman, we know, is going to be busy. He's really good. He's going to get some goal line and short yardage back. And I'm a huge yep. Rashawn Johnson fan. I love him. He reminds me of good my height. love for Jordan Howard as yes, a day three flyer. You. Very similar collegiate efficiency. A big fan of him, and he can catch the ball as well. Of course, his story is he never had a lot of volume in college. Why? Because right, uh, uh, the lead back was some guy that was pretty good. What was his name? Uh, oh, B. John Robinson, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B. John Robinson. So, all right. So, here I did this. I did something uh, that I thought was worthwhile yesterday. Um, Greg Rosenthal, who's an yeah. absolute, <laughs> who is a legend. Who is that? Greg, Greg Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Oh, one of the yeah, best of football minds him, yeah. in the world. Does an amazing job during training camp of collecting things that, that are being said at various mm-hmm. training camps and putting them into one spot, neat and tidy, right? And I went back and revisited some of the things that were being said in, in, in the column that he put together around this time last year. And the job of reporters is to report what you see, but it's also hard during the preseason to know exactly like what's going to be real and what's going to turn into fool's gold. And I think that what, exactly what Deontay Foreman does well does not um, translate well to, to training camp, right? Deontay Foreman is just a like incredibly boring north-south between the tackles, break tackles, get tough yards. Mm-hmm. Heavy yeah. boxes. Yeah. NFL teams don't even bother tackling anymore during training camp. Like It is a different NFL than we were accustomed to, even when the three of us who were kind of in the same age bracket were growing up. So I sort of feel like the fact that Deontay Foreman hasn't really been popping so far during training camp is to be expected, right? I know it was just a one-year deal. $3 million fully guaranteed. He's going to have a role. Like, I just don't believe, despite how much more Khalil Herbert has generated buzz this preseason, that Deontay Foreman is going to fade into the ether. He's going to have a real role. I think it's going to be a very specific role. He's going to get the early down rushing attempts. Mike just said the goal line duty, the short yardage opportunities. I think Khalil Herbert will be obviously involved as well. Wouldn't stun me if Roshan Johnson got some carries early as well. Wouldn't stun me if Travis Homer played some in passing situations. I know that the bears are less likely to throw the ball to running backs than most teams because Justin Fields is a running quarterback, but still good third down player, good special teams player, good in pass protection, good as a receiver. Like this just feels like one of those backfields that at best, during the week, we'll be guessing and feeling like we can maybe lean a little bit, but I'm having a hard time finding a scenario in which at the beginning of the season, it's like, I'm going into week one and I've got clear Herbert as RB 22. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's going to be like Herbert's RB 32 Foreman's RB 37 Roshan Johnson's RB RB 52 or something. Yeah. And by the way, Foreman, not an option in the passing game at all. None. He has a 23 catches in 43 career games. So not much fantasy upside there. It's just that it's more about taking Steel, away yes. from Khalil yeah. Herbert. And by the way, do we see a ton of running backs catching the ball in training camp? We sure do. You know why? Lots of routes on air and lots of one-on-ones against running backs. So Foreman's not going to stand out in that regard. The Bears have strength in numbers in their backfield, plus a quarterback who's an awesome runner. I think this might be a trap zone backfield. Yeah, and that's why the highest guy I have ranked is 30th, and I'm yeah. assuming you guys are not far off. I've got him uh, 36th, so okay, even go. further down than you. Khalil Herbert, the number two running back over the last seven days, getting a boost in average draft position, up over 14 draft spots over the last seven days. Fun fact. How many times last year do you think a Bears running back had at least 20 touches in a game? More than 20 touches in the a game. The last time me. a Bears... So how, many, how many times, times last, last year? year? Oh, oh, oh. Goose more egg. than 20 touches in a game. Big zero. Was it? Wow. No, Montgomery, he probably had a couple, right? I'll say three. One total. One. He had one One time, time wow. total that a Bears running back. And same staff, right? This is not a big... Mm-hmm. You know, the offense will look different because of the personnel. Yep. But I think the approach will be comparable. It's a lot of guys doing... A little bit of lifting, which will, in aggregate, turn into a pretty darn good running game. Mm-hmm. It was a low-volume offense overall, too. Yeah, Not it just was. a low-volume yeah. passing yeah. game. It was the whole offense. Yep. All right, we're going to keep this NFC North train moving. But first, Field, you're going to tell us about our good friends over at Geico. 
Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's simple. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Boy, guys, I just want to say this. Last year, week 18, might have been my favorite football game ever in the history of Lions football. Watching Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of sad, though. Walking you guys got to make, make the playoffs, man. Yeah. That's hey, how do you think I feel? <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. 30 years. I'd love a playoff victory. Thanks, Mike. Like, wow. I needed you to throw that at me. Wow. Being just... able to watch Aaron Rodgers walk off the field after we finally were able to keep him from the playoffs. I mean, yeah. listen, this is just one of those, like, bitter Lions fans yes, things. Yes, it is. That's how <laughs> so it that's works. That's what I'm saying. I feel bad for you. These Green Bay Packers. Going to have the same running backs that they've had for the last handful of years. Yeah. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Any other season, I would say probably just going to run them back like we did last year. But this year, Mike Clay, they've got Jordan Love under center rather than Aaron Rodgers. How is that going to impact the backfield? I don't think substantially. I still think it'll be very similar to years past. I mean, check out these Aaron Jones stats, right? Uh, last year, only three top 10 fantasy weeks. He still finished top 10 because he was just so consistent. Top 15 uh, running back in carries for the third time in four years. He's been top 10 at running back in targets in three straight years, top 13 in scrimmage yards in four straight years, top 11 in fantasy points in four straight years. He just continues get, to get the job it's done. A big production. part of that yeah. is his involvement in the passing game. And that's even with A.J. Dillon having some big games throughout there. So the only concern I have with Aaron Jones really is his age, which is age 28, and that's the big drop You hate that age. number, huh? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, again, over the last five years, only 4% of top 15 seasons have yeah. come from players age 28 or older. Yeah. So it becomes a, a, an age where you start to wonder, okay, does he start? Does he miss time with injury? Does he start to fade in effectiveness? Is this the year A.J. Dillon takes more control? And it's something to think about. So Can it we, makes me like a little sad that we have to have this conversation so consistently. But let me ask a more important thing. At what age does a fantasy analyst like hit the wall? Like, at what point do I have to be concerned? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good. You, question. What point we, do I have? To, I, I'm going to hit there way before you do. Field, come on. That's we a good can, point. We can um, reverse time somehow. Just be honest. Just like no one's listening right now. Hey, cut the microphones. Well, for I second. hope. Don't. Cut I mean, them. I'd like to do this for a long time. For so a while. So just say name a number. Eighty-eight. 88. 88. Yeah, I'm saying until eighty-eight. I was going to okay. say fifty-five, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Fifty-five. No. I want to five. I don't, um, I don't. I mean, if fifty-five, that means how old am I? Thirty-eight. That's seventeen years. I'm almost done. Yeah. Wait, can I retire? Wait, question. Can I retire at fifty-five? Well, you can become okay. a consultant at fifty-five. Uh, that's okay. what you that do. When you do. You don't want to retire, right. but you have to keep going doing something. You consult. Okay. All right. That's I'll that consult works. for you. you yeah, can, I don't know. Uh, you pay me on the side. Uh, probably not. I probably can't afford you. Yeah. All right. So twenty-eight. I'm going with eighty-eight. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say about this really quickly about these this backfield. I think Aaron Jones is still the guy who's going to be because of the pass catching work. I do have A.J. Dillon ranked a little bit lower than last year because I think this offense will be a little less efficient. And so his goal line work, I don't think will be as potentially good. Although last year ended up not working out that way. It was a down year for Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team as well. Mm-hmm. But Field, how do you feel? So here's, here's how I feel about A.J. Dillon. Quality player yep. who at the end of the season is going to have a quality stat line. You're just not going to know which games you're supposed to be starting A.J. Dillon because it's going to be more often than not the Aaron Jones show. As Mike mentioned, all the receiving stats. I have a simpler one, but still useful. Over the past four years, he is fifth in targets, fifth in catches, fifth in receiving yards, and second in receiving touchdowns amongst all running backs. So we know what what Aaron Jones is week in and week out. It's harder for us to peg A.J. Dillon week in and week out. I don't write the insurance running back column, but I got to imagine, Mike, A.J. Dillon's Mm got to be, what, top five or so for you? Yeah, he's in that conversation. There's no, And that's what's appealing once you get to this area of the draft, too. He's not – people were really hyping him up the last couple of years, and now it's kind of faded away. Now you can get him late in drafts, and he's – I found uh, myself drafting him a lot. There's just value there from the insurance standpoint, and he's going to be a fringe flex option in 12-team leagues most weeks. All right, let's talk about these pass catchers then, Mike, because I think you and I see the main one a little bit differently. Field, I might need you to help us break a tie here. Christian Watson is a guy that you have really liked this offseason. Yeah. Let me go ahead and grab the mic in one corner. (laughs) Five foot nine and a half from somewhere in Detroit, weighing... I don't know. Wait, 5'11 and a half. I don't know how tall he is. He's from Detroit. 
He weighs like probably like 180 pounds. It's pretty close. He's got a lot of tattoos. Daniel Dub. And in this corner from the IBM lab, checking in at probably six feet tall. He's like six uh, one. Six one. He, yeah. Six foot one. He likes to swim and hang out with his daughters during the summer. He is Mike Clay. All right, so if you guys are wondering what we're fighting over, it's Christian Watson. You like him more than Daniel. Tell us why. I like uh, Christian Watson. Uh, He's going to break out this season, lock it in. Uh, Is he? Lock it in. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's been working out at the gym. He's getting getting all jacked up for the season. Uh, Look, week 10 last year took over a prominent role in that Packers offense. Uh, Eight touchdowns and was the 10th scoring fantasy receiver the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The touchdown rate, obviously unsustainable, but his target share was pretty solid at 23%. Uh, and his efficiency metrics just through the roof. Think about this. 85th percentile or better at wide receiver in yards per catch, yards per target, average depth of target. So they're getting the ball downfield on top of manufacturing touches with carries for him. They were. Yards after the catch. Yep. Yards per route run. All, mm. all of these things. Yep. He crushed it in last year. Also, his competition. This is amazing. You look at their receivers and tight ends. Yeah. All of all do of it. them. Do it. Do it. Do they it. are all. They Actually, that's a lie. Just receiver. Just receiver. All of them entered the league this year. Or last year, even the guys at the bottom of the roster battling for roster spots, Super all of young. them. Aaron Jones is literally their grandfather. Yeah. Yes. Based off what Mike just told us, how yeah. old Aaron Jones is. And, that, and I, I can incl- add to that list the top two tight ends as well. well yeah. Josiah DeGur has been around a few years. He's a, he's a backup, but uh, it is an extremely like 100th percentile right. unit instead of youth at the pass catching situation. Watson looks good. He's they traded up a lot to get him in the second yeah. round last year. He They featured him down the stretch last season. By all accounts, he's in. He's in for a big year to break out. I don't know how you counter that, my friend. That's really easy. You're, those stats are just <laughs> super really misleading. You, misleading that, what? Super misleading. Yeah. All right, explain you, this. You, okay, so I you said this. I'm loving this right, right now. Christian Watson, over the final eight games of the season, was wide receiver 10. Super incredible, wow, right? that's good. That seems good. Right. Great. From weeks 10 to 13, he was wide receiver 3, averaging 24.8 fantasy points per game. Okay. 10 to 13. That's where okay. we scored all seven of his touchdowns. Okay. Wide yeah. receiver three. Weeks 14 to 18, he was wide receiver 44. Okay. He averaged 9.6 fantasy points per game. Are you super stoked about a guy that averages single-digit fantasy points per game mm. over the the fantasy playoffs, I think. Mm. I saw a four-game stretch with a guy named Aaron Rodgers who wasn't even good last year. Oh. And I see Christian Bars Watson for the being Jets. terribly vexing because all I saw was a small sample size. Mm, and now great. I don't feel like... I don't have the same faith that you, you do. You know what? That's a good point, actually, because there was like that month where Justin Jefferson... Had a like was wow. down. We should. I, I'm actually going to move. I'm not going to draft him. This wow. year. Christian Watson Justin, is Justin I, Jefferson. Like we can, we'll Heard just cut it down, here first. Let's cut down the sample to just four games of Justin Jefferson. He was trash. You want to look at the whole season? I this. I'll look at the whole season. How do we look Christian at the whole sample of Watson as a starter? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Was yes, it? he he did have some extreme touchdown luck. Then he yeah. had some bad touchdown luck in the mm-hmm. second half of that. But volume was good. I like the target share consistently. The target share, I think, actually went up. 24.8 fantasy points per game, 9.6 fantasy points per game. I do not have faith that he is going to be the 24.8 guy with Jordan Love under center as the nice. threat. I'd rather nice. have Romeo Dobbs. This is what we have to do. Whoa. Okay, hold Romeo on. Dobbs know, I'm, I'm, I'm not part of this conversation. <laughs> I, I um, retract that reaction. Um, it's time for a board bet. Yeah, oh, it is. Let's go. Where do you have Christian not? Watson, Mike? Yeah. I have Christian Watson at, uh, that's a good question. I have him 20th on okay. the and 20th. Daniel has. Yeah, that's a discount. He's going to be I have that. Christian Watson, I believe, at wide receiver 29. Okay. Wow. 29. So, all right. The number one receiver for for who? For who? For the Packers. For who? He's the, the number one. Tools. What did he do right. for me over the fantasy playoffs last hold year? 9.6 fantasy on, points. Per on, sorry, hold on. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, it's okay. This is great. This is great. So, are we okay? So, if we set the over under 24 and a half. Yep. He's a top 24 receiver. Mike Clay wins. Mm-hmm. Not a top 24 receiver. Daniel Dopp wins. Yep. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, are we doing game basis? Uh, we're eight doing game uh, minimum? Is this points per game? Points like, per game. Points per game. Right. Okay. Minimum yep. eight games. Uh, by the way, like just make that the standard going forward. Yep. For yeah, both that's points smart. Points per okay, game. So eight games. Yeah, yeah, eight games like points per game. Mike Clay, say the thing. I think Christian Watson will finish better than 24.5 in fantasy ranking on points per game basis. Minimum eight games this season. I think that Christian Watson will finish outside the top 24 at wide receivers with a minimum of eight games played in fantasy points per game. Put on the board. All right. Here's some good news. The live reaction from the YouTube chat. 65% agree. 
with Daniel Dopp. That's right, baby. All right, so we'll find out. Look, this is great news because I can get him in all my drafts. You can have jokes on you guys. Last question about the about the young Packers. You know how like rookies have to carry the shoulder pads for veterans out to practice. Which Packers receiver is responsible for carrying Aaron Jones cane around the locker room? Well, the the funny thing is they're like guys older than Christian Watson will be carrying his stuff around. Yeah, so young. It's incredible. All right, we ready to do it? Ready to do our random tight end that needs to be on your radar more than perhaps he is right now? I already said Josiah Degur. I think. Oh, wow. He's he's an H-back, Mike. So he gets that H-back tag. Give it to me, Um, Field. Luke Musgrave. Second round pick out of Oregon State. Yes, they did use a third round pick on Tucker Craft out of San uh, South Dakota State, who I love Tucker Craft. But let's go back to Luke Musgrave here for a second. Superb athlete who uh, was a little bit limited uh, down the stretch of his final college season and a little bit in the pre-draft process as well because of a back injury. But this guy is a freak athlete who uh, has been checking all the boxes so far in training camp. Our colleague Rob Domofsky had a great article about him yesterday and how excited the Packers are. And if you care about things like preseason utilization, when the Packers starters played in their first preseason game, Luke Musgrave was on the field for every snap. He had three targets and a very small sample size. He has piqued my interest. All right, let's move ahead. Talk about the He's Minnesota. He's piqued my so much I've got him as tight end 23. Yeah, I say, hey. I'm, I'm a little lower than that, but fair enough. Um, by the way, we did you, Mike. your boy, Romeo Dobbs, we didn't even have to talk about him. He's so far off the radar. And Yeah, he's free. I can get him in the yeah. 15th round of drafts right Guy before was, I take my defense. He was fourth in drops last year. Is that good? Is that a good Like, you get fantasy points for drops? I don't know if that's good. Oh, okay. I, I believe we get anyway. fantasy points for drops. Yeah, it's, it's again, that same league I was talking about yesterday. It's with Mike Golick Jr. It's a points per pancake block. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. and you get points for drops as yes, well. You okay. do. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All, All right. right. You know, he wasn't Let's... even in the top 50 when he was uh, actually playing last year. And then he, yeah. then they were like, oh, well, you're not that good. Christian Watson's great. So we're just going to. Christian Watson. I don't think player. the word. I don't That's think so weird. Use that the word great with Christian and then Watson. they drafted a receiver in the second great. round this Let's year as well. I know. Uh, and now Christian Watson's plum is going to value I because love of love this. So I let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Field, I think this is how it works. My favorite thing to say. Division favorites. The Minnesota Vikings were out over their skis quite a bit last year. 13 and 4 but a negative 3 point differential. Honestly, How many teams are 13 and 4 with a negative point differential? One of the truly great stats of all time. A 13 and 14 with a negative point differential, that's right? So like, that is ridiculous to me. Yeah, they got um well, they won a ton of close games, and we have seen year over year over year that it's really difficult to continue to win close games. The Las Vegas Raiders showed us that from 2021 through 2022. So the naysayers of the Vikings might be able to sort of have their moment this year. Uh, let's not be labor with Justin Jefferson. We all have him as the highest ranked player in fantasy, highest ranked wide receiver. He had seven games with 30 or more fantasy points last season, the most in the NFL. There is only one thing that we are keeping on our radar with Justin Jefferson, and this is what Adam Schefter told us yeah. to watch during the fantasy marathon is Justin Jefferson is eligible for what could very well be, be the richest contract for a receiver ever. It is not done. If it is not done on the doorstep of the regular season, will he play during the beginning portion of the regular season? I am mentioning this. I am not sounding the alarms yet, yep. but uh, I just want to mention it because if it becomes a problem later on in training camp, we will once again be able to tell you that Adam Schefter knows all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said if he had the first overall pick, and maybe second or third, he would not take Justin Jefferson right now. So I disagree with that. I'm taking just if you have one dot oh one, are you taking Justin Jefferson? Yeah, he's my top ranked player. But when Adam speaks, we listen. So at least yeah, listen again, to it. it has not impacted my ranking yet. Yeah. I, we are we are merely mentioning it because I got to be honest with you. If I'm the Vikings, what the heck are we waiting for? He's mm-hmm. the best player on your team by a mile. Give He's the everything. best receiver in the NFL. He deserves every penny. He is as great as he is on the field by all accounts, just as great off the field, leader, fun, you name it, exactly the kind of player that you want to invest Although in. Although the Eagles took Jalen Rager right before him, and they gave him to the Vikings. So nice. maybe the Vikings should just give Justin Jefferson to the Eagles. Like That seems fair to it me. It does I, seem fair, yeah. Do, they, do you think fine. they should throw in Daniil Hunter? I, that would be yeah. Well, the Eagles are pretty loaded at edge rusher, so maybe not. If uh, you guys but we'll had, give them back, like uh, we'll give them somebody. Quez Watkins definitely would have just. You would have won the Super Bowl last year if you just had Justin wow. Jefferson on wow. your team. Can you yeah. imagine that? I mean, yeah, I, well, that's yeah. tough. All right, let's talk about. Here's the real question mark for the Minnesota Vikings: Dalvin Cook now gone in New York with the Jets. Obviously, Alexander Madison, Mike. We saw with small sample size when he took over roles for Alex for Dalvin Cook while he was hurt. He was 
pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. But is that something that he can do over the course of an entire season here? I think to some extent there's a re if you tell me Alex Madison is going to finish RB 11 this season, that wouldn't shock me by any means if he just plays at that level. But the problem is his efficiency in his career has been pretty pedestrian kind of average for a running back. And, and I wonder if he's going to establish himself as a clear feature back in the NFL. And I actually, from we talked about this on the, on FF. Now I from projected usage wise, very similar with Dalvin cook, but at not quite as good of a player in an offense that might not score quite as much on the ground, maybe more reliant on the receivers. And that knocks him down a few spots. Look, Dalvin cook was 15th on a points per game basis last season. So if you're like Madison, probably a little downgrade, you're probably not ranking him higher than 15th. Right. So that's why I have him in the low twenties. I, I just, I guess I have a question with that and feel maybe this can be at you, but I feel like when Alexander Madison started in place of Dalvin cook every single week, it's like, well, if Dalvin Cook's going to be out, Madison's going to be a top 10 running back. But now Alexander Madison literally gets the the whole backfield to himself. And it's like, no, we don't really feel that way. He's more like a low-end RB2. Okay, so part of it, I think, is really simple. Going into the year, like there are players who have either not gotten hurt or have not proven to be as valuable as we thought they would be going into the season. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the challenge, Daniel. That's fair. That's fair. Um, that might be the only reason why, because it's, it's a fair point that you make, Daniel. Um, I, I, Mike laid it out. I feel like the Alexander Madison calculus is like really pretty simple. He's not as good as Dalvin cook projects to have like a pretty darn similar role to Dalvin cook with not that much competition behind him along those lines. If you're going to get 75 or 80% of Dalvin cook, you're going to get a low end RB two or a Mm -hmm. flex play. So I have Alexander Madison is RB 20. Seems pretty straightforward. I don't want to overthink this one too much. I know the efficiency is a bit of an indicator for you, Mike. I will say, I do wonder, is a better sort of um, tabulation of a player's efficiency when he's actually in a featured role? Because you can have, he hasn't played that much. You can have a couple of games where like you get five carries and they amount to nine yards Mm -hmm. because you're never really in a rhythm. And that might be enough to drag that efficiency down a little bit. That's fair. But I feel like we use as an excuse all the time the other way, which is kind of the point I was getting to, which is that sometimes if like Tony, the Tony Pollard uh, analysis, which is, yeah, his efficiency is elite, but, you know, he's only getting mm. eight to 10 touches. And, yeah, he, you know, right. he has this, you know, he's fresh, he has fresh legs running against lighter boxes, right. maybe in garbage time. We use that all, all the time. So this, you know, to Madison's been in that situation and his efficiency is not great. Yep. Uh, and that kind of goes to my point, which is we were so high on Madison when Cook was out because we knew he was going to slot right into that role. And, he yeah. was, you know, it was just for one week of 20 touches, not a full season. That's a different conversation. We have not seen him established as a, a, a you know, a good player for a full season in the NFL. He's been a backup and he has not really pushed Alvin cook at all. in in four years in the league, is there somebody behind, he pushed him more under the previous coaching staff. It felt like last year, there was a certain affinity towards Dalvin cook that I, I don't exactly know the specifics behind it, but when Dalvin cook was still on the roster, this front office and by extension, this coaching staff, did make sure that they found a way to keep Alexander Madison as a free agent. Not mm, crazy fair. money. Yeah. Two years, up to seven million, up to eight million bucks. But still, in a terrible running back market for a team that had a lot of cap concerns at the time, they could have easily let him walk. Is there anybody behind Alexander? Like Alexander Madison doesn't have someone as good behind him as Dalvin Cook did in Alexander Madison, yeah. right? We're not thinking about that with those running backs. We are not. I'd Ty say Chandler. Ty, Ty Chandler yeah. probably the favorite right now. Yep. Uh, they, but not a guy that was super back, yeah. They had Kareem Hunt in for a workout, right? They so, did, yeah. yeah he's so they could be sort of keeping their eyes out for a potential veteran mm-hmm. addition on the running back market. Field, another guy that the Minnesota Vikings also need to find a way to pay is TJ Hawkinson. It's yeah. not just Justin Jefferson. He came over and was fantastic once he got there from Detroit. He was a top three tight end for yeah. me last year. He's a top three tight end for me this year. How are you looking at TJ Hawkinson? Sounds about right to me because after he got traded to the Vikings from weeks nine through 17, you kind of throw away week 18 because so many players are out. Right. Yep. How's this for uh, TJ Hawkinson's production? 9.6 targets per game. He had the second most targets amongst all tight ends. He had the most catches behind all amongst all tight ends. And he had the second most yards amongst all tight ends. Uh, when he was second, you can guess who was first. It was Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was an elite player for the Vikings upon being traded tons of volume. And this team probably projects to pass the ball a lot again this year. And he is either going to be the second or third highest targeted player in an offense that might throw the ball a total of 700 times this season. That'll probably be top six or seven. 
Love myself some TJ Hawkinson this year. Yeah, great value a, play too. At 100%, he's in a such a great spot uh, as a featured target in an offense that since Kirk Cousins gotten gotten to Minnesota, they're sixth in offensive touchdowns yeah. in the NFL, and their defense is not great. On It'll paper. be better with Brian Flores, out. but not great. Yeah. Like they still feel like at best league average to me. Yeah, on they're defense. gonna have to throw it especially a lot. that secondary. Ooh boy. Yeah, he had five games with double digit targets in 10 games with the Vikings last year. He had seven of those in 47 games with the lions. Yeah. That shows you how reliant Kirk cousins was on him. I love TJ Hawkinson this year. We just talked about that, but does TJ continue to see that kind of volume with the guy that they drafted in the first round in Jordan Addison field? I mean, 170 or 165 targets for a full season, a ton for a tight end. That might literally be, be the, the NFL record. <laughs> But I think seven or eight targets a game is totally reasonable for TJ Hawkinson because the guy that they drafted in Jordan Addison was replacing Adam Thielen. So right. it's not like Addison is being added to what they already had mm -hmm. in place. Yep. Do you see him as a guy that you could use potentially? I think you, you're pretty big on Jordan Addison this he's year. He's my guy. That my is guy. your guy. Yeah. It's my guy. And guy. Uh, worth noting that uh, he's my guy amongst like, uh, like Chris Olave is my guy, my guy. Sure. Uh, Fields sure. favorites will be coming out, I think, at some point early next week. Um, had to dust off the keyboard and get my writing skills refined recently. Uh, but Addison is the guy. I like to sort of find a rookie per year, especially amongst those wide receivers that I think could be in line for a massive and potentially early impact. Addison, uh, I should note in the concussion protocol right now, sounds like he'll be available as soon as Monday. So just four days from right now, but um, great player won the Bolitnikoff award back in 2021 when he played for Pitt. That's given to the best college receiver uh, in D one uh, had a massive year with Kenny Pickett transferred to USC, played with Kelly Williams last year, by far their best receiver as well. Last season, I think he's a really good route runner. good enough after the catch, not a premium athlete, not a huge, huge guy, but good footwork. Just like the talent all the way around. And what do we know about playing opposite of Justin Jefferson? You are not going to be getting a bunch of disadvantaged, uh, disadvantageous looks. So they throw it a ton. They need a second wide receiver with Adam Thielen now playing in Carolina. Yep. I think he's a really talented guy. I am in on Jordan Addison. I have him as wide receiver 35, I believe, like seven, eight, or nine slots ahead of consensus. Yeah, I'm at 44. I think the only red flag right on here. him was uh, the combine. He ran a 4.49 at 179 pounds. Right. That was one of the guy. worst speed scores. That's a, that, that's a concern. When you're small like that and you're kind of slow for that size, that's a red flag for receivers. So that's the only thing that made me raise an eyebrow. Yeah. But uh, the, you're right, the college production off incredible. the charts college production he, he yeah. average almost a touchdown per game again yeah. at that that size is incredible so i'm with you and in a good situation obviously great the, situation yeah, those yeah. four first round wide receivers all have a ton of talent mm -hmm. i think that by far the best situation is jordan addison i'm in on him i am in on jordan addison he is my i know we have to use the term not totally crazy about the term sleeper but he is my wide receiver sleeper this year because sure. i have him going much higher than others do uh, really quickly, and we're not going to talk about it, but Kirk Cousins, one of the safest running back or quarterbacks in the game, 10 games last year as a top 12 quarterback, in case you wanted to wait to the quarterback. Ten, yeah, I was going to say over the past three seasons, his number of good. top 10 finishes, seven, eight, six, yeah. right? I mean, the upside is probably tapped, but, uh, you know, he could end up as quarterback 11 or 12 this year. And I would say, yeah, sounds about right. All right. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings, eight and a half win total. Mike Clay, you going over or under on eight and a half? I have them at eight point two, but I have them winning the division at eight. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I, winning the division. Eight, eight or nine wins wins this division. Get the I, heck wow. out of here! Yeah. You're yeah. kidding me. No. Do you think the Vikings winning the division? I think can the Vikings, we board bet that too? What a we can board bet whatever we want, right? Wow. Vikings are yes, Lions. Vikings are Lions. I'll take the Vikings. Lions will absolutely win this division. I think, it's, I think it is a toss up between yeah. the two teams, but it's very very close. I think. Everyone's kind of on the Lions bandwagon and off the Vikings, but right. I think the rosters are very similar. Uh, I will go with the Vikings to win the division as well, Daniel. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's, I can't believe you guys are taking a 13 and 14 with a negative point differential I mean, to do it again yeah. a second year in a row. That just it, That is just bizarre. Me and the numbers guy, I just don't see that happening again. I'm going to take it under eight wins. Uh, I'll take over eight wins, but not making, not winning the division. What about the Packers? Seven and a half wins. Uh, nope, not making the division. Uh, I will go with uh, eight wins, though. I'm at 7.4. So what is their line? 7.5. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not betting that one, but I guess I'd go under. I will take the under and not making the playoffs. The Chicago Bears also at seven and a half wins. Mike Clay, you going over seven, under. seven. So yeah, eight win over. team. Yep. Eight yeah. win team. All right. The Bears make the playoffs. So nope. close. One team in the playoffs from this. Division. Yes. Agreed. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, no, no, I have two. I have the Lions taking a wild card. Lions. We, we conference. Win projection nine and a half. You obviously under. when when I remember back in April. 
Mike, you said this this was not an eight-win team mm. in April before the draft. No, I, I just want you to – Yeah, you said that. I, I got the receipts. I want you to know that all of Detroit Lions fandom that listens to this podcast – also knows you yeah. said that the Detroit Lions would hey, not Mike, win eight do, games. Do me a favor, check your DMs after the show. Yeah, right. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get messages from Jameson Williams today and uh, Khalif Raymond. Call him slow and see. Just what saying, yeah. Jameson <laughs> Williams is slow. Uh, nine and a half. So you have over. You have uh, under nine. Under but, a wild card. Yeah, the conference is this week. I and think you they have can it get in. under. Uh, I think I had the Vikings at nine wins and yep. win the division. I think they win by virtue of a tie break over the nine and eight Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm I mean, gonna take yeah. over. I'm saying 10 wins and they win the division. You, you guys mean, are you, you have no choice toss, but really to say over. Yeah, I mean, it's the maybe the most competitive, weird division in all of football. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. All right, this was really fun. We're going to be back tomorrow. Yeah, we are. Mike, are you going to join us tomorrow? Uh, sure, if I'm allowed back. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not sure. I'll think about it after all if of this lion slander. Yeah. Whatever Rashad White NFC South says. podcast that's tomorrow. That's right. Preview. NFC South. Yes. Okay. We'll give you any news that we get. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. We will see you guys tomorrow talking NFC South. Sweet. Peace. I think you should leave. I get it. Are you kidding me? The Great Detroit show. Lions are not going to be a playoff team. No, I have them in the playoffs. A Langford fan for life Chargers are off to a terrible start But that won't change his mind Matching up all the cornerbacks Touchdown regression and weekly stats But if your team falls flat He's the one to blame He's a brainiac, brainiac on the case that can put us in first place He's a brainiac, brainiac He's my clay Two guys drove to work Neither guy wore a seatbelt One guy got a ticket One guy didn't The same two guys drove home One guy wore a seatbelt One guy didn't One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.